When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. 8.06 p.m. is the uh, time of day. Kevin Karius will join us in studio tomorrow. He joins me every Wednesday, comes over from Global Television. We will also catch up with Karen Lasuk, who refed women's basketball in the Olympics. We had her on before she went there. We'll see how the experience was in uh, Rio. All right. Um, you can text 630-630-780-496-0063 is our open line number. We're going to welcome to the show a, a young man here who's a uh, little unhappy with something, so he's not sitting around and complaining. He's trying to do something about it. His name is Jared Sokol. Jared, you're on with Reed Wilkins on Inside Sports. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good today. Thanks a lot for making time for me, Jared. Uh, before we uh, before we dive into what we're doing here, uh, just let, let people know, how old are you? I'm currently 15 years old. Okay, you're 15 years old, and uh, you have uh, launched a petition uh, that you want to take to Edmonton Minor Hockey. Can you tell us what this is all about? Yes, yeah, so uh, this past April, Hockey Edmonton released a statement saying that anyone below the B level, so C, the tiers of C, all the way down to the bottom, they're taking out hitting, completely removing it. It's going to such as the Peewees and the Adams and the novices play with with no body checking. So after this ban was put in place, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people in the hockey world as I've played for many, many years. And people were unhappy about it, but nothing was being done about it. All right, so so you're trying to you're trying to do something about it now. Uh, how are you uh, How are you doing this petition? I mean, did you do it online? Or are you going around and collecting signatures? To tell us about that. Uh, I've done it on Change.org, which is the world's massive petition, online petition site. It currently has 120 supporters right now. I'm hoping this will climb as to the amount of people unhappy with this, but it's. Change.org has some of the world's top biggest victories of petitions in the world. Okay. So you just started this, right? Like a couple days ago? Yeah, I started this on a Sunday night. Okay. Now, have you spoke? It's fairly new, so maybe not. Have you spoken with anybody uh, with uh, Edmonton Minor Hockey yet, or would you hope to earn the chance to meet with them? How do you look at that? I'm hoping I'll either get the chance to speak or meet with them. Um, I've 
I reached out to them by email about 24, just over 24 hours ago, and I've yet to get a response. Okay. And I'm hoping that by hopefully after the season, after this year is complete, I can have a, a good mass of signatures on this to take this to Hockey Edmonton to maybe we can reevaluate these bans on body checking. Jared, why? I mean, you sort of touched on it, but you give me a little more detail. Well, why is this? Why is this so important to you? I mean, why? Why do you feel that this was this was a wrong decision, and there needs to be this body checking option available at at all levels? Well, as a, I am also a referee and a player, so I have seen both sides, all sides of the game, and body checking it is it, it's a touchy subject it's very controversial over recent years but there's i know there's been i know there's been uh studies come out of the university of calgary and stuff which have prompted such as hockey canada to take all body checking at a peewee and now hockey edmonton to to take body checking out of the lower levels but what they i believe they kind of blindly looked at these studies and said, okay, there's injuries, let's try to reduce them. But I believe they kind of took the wrong approach because I believe they said, okay, we're going to take out body checking, we're just going to get rid of it completely, it'll solve a bunch of injuries. But hockey is still a contact sport, which many people kind of do not understand to this point, that if there's no there's no body checking, but there is still contact. Right. And such as any sport there's going to be injuries. And that's something that the Hockey Canada and Hockey Edmonton did not take into account of how the clean hits are not the ones that cause injuries. It's the dirty hits. It's the ones that are currently against the rules. Those cause the concussions, the, the broken arms, broken legs. That's what The dirty hits are what's causing people to get injured. The clean hits, I know from personal experience, they don't hurt. You might be shaken up a bit on the play. You'll get up, go to the bench, shake it off. You, in next shift or a couple shifts, you'll be ready to go back. Won't okay. cause any serious complications. Jared Sokol joining us on Inside Sports. He's uh, rallying a petition for uh, to that he wants to bring to Edmonton Minor Hockey to uh, to bring uh, body checking uh, back, uh, body checking removed in the spring at certain levels of Bantam and Midget Hockey. Jared, what what do you say to to people you around your age listening, or parents listening, who say to themselves, "Hold on, uh, I like hockey, or my son or daughter likes hockey." Um, and I want them to play organized hockey and be a part of that, but they're not going to make the NHL, so I don't want them to risk, uh, you know, whether it's a clean hit or not, I don't want them to risk any sort of injury playing the game. I just want good, organized, you know, hockey with, without the body checking. I mean, what do you say to the people who, who are, are happy with this uh, maneuver? Because I know you have supporters, but I'm sure you respect, so does the other side. Oh, yes, definitely. I don't believe that it should be straight body checking don't body check or play the game hockey edmonton is big enough to have multiple streams they have a rec league that it's not promoted well and it wasn't promoted well it needs to get more promotion that hey there's another league you can go and if you love the game you really don't want to carry it on after 
you know, high school, after you kind of want to get on with your life, you can still go play hockey and have fun. Hockey Edmonton could be creating another stream or making it a choice, okay, do I want to hit? Do I not want to hit? Because right now, the way Hockey Edmonton has inflated it, it's skill-based. They are basically deciding, okay, is this kid good enough to body check? That is basically how when it, it all gets tiered, beginning of the year, there's evaluations, tryouts, whatever each individual association throughout Hockey Edmonton does. They're based, they are tiering them between before this year, it was tiers one to seven or one to eight, or and then prior to that, there's players can choose to try for the elite streams, double A, triple A, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So once they drop down into the what we more call minor divisions, which is one to eight, they have new names now. But um, when you drop down into there, one and two, those two, those are now hitting divisions, and anything below that is not a hitting division anymore. Okay. So, Right. This could cause a lot of problems for players. You know, there's two years of Bantam, three years of Midges. They could, their first year, there's a lot of older players. They could be in a non-hitting division. Then move back into, move into hitting. Then, then once again, moving up to Midget, move out, back in, etc. So they'd be changing the way they play the game every year based on basically where hockey places them. All right. Well, Jared, interesting stuff. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to touch on another angle you brought up tonight. You are a referee. Uh, difficult difficult profession, if you want to call it that. Difficult uh, venture. I know a lot of uh, younger people don't stick with refereeing because of uh, abusive fans, abusive uh, players, or just you know difficult situations. Uh, how long have you been refing, and, and why, do you, why do you stick with it? Because I'm sure there are some challenges that you faced. Yes, well, I this will be my fifth year upcoming, will be my fifth year of being a Hockey Alberta official, and I just stick with it. I personally just try to block out the fans when I'm refereeing. The fans have no impact on the game. They shouldn't matter to an official. They are just there to watch and have a good time. And to me, there is a lot of, there's a huge learning curve to not everyone agreeing with it every call you make you're gonna upset 50 percent of the people in the building it's just the way it works but uh yeah and if i believe this no hit is probably gonna make games a little more chaotic for in my experience because when there is hitting players can cleanly get out their aggression against a certain guy when he gets the puck and cleanly get things going and when the hitting was taking without hitting I believe it's going to cause more scrums as people would call them around the net as they are losing uh, or they don't have that opportunity anymore to you know get the puck from the guy and it's a sensible way to get back for them without necessarily hurting them right all right well Jared, you know what? I, I applaud you for doing this, uh, for, for, for believing in something, and rather than just sitting around and complaining about it to, uh, to making it public. I don't know what is going to happen with your, uh, with your petition, but uh, you know, good for you moving forward with it, and thanks for updating us here 
on uh, on Inside Sports. And again, if people want to find out more, where can they go? They can either search for it on uh, change.org. It's, there's a few of them out there. People started when it first came out. They have less signatures. Mine's around 124 right now. Or they can get all the information on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Y-E-G check. Mm-hmm. So YEG check. Okay. And they can go on there. There's links on there to the petition. There's links to the articles that were made yesterday by uh, CTV News. And they can go there, message me, learn more about it. And message me, yeah, message me any questions. I can answer them if you're unsure about the subject. Jared, thank you so much for making time for us on Inside Sports. I hope you can uh, keep me updated on this as it moves along, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. That is Jared Sokol checking in uh, tonight. Interesting. Uh, a young man, 15 years old, taking some uh, initiative, hoping to bring body checking back, I guess, not back, but back as an option into uh, all levels, uh, all tiers, I guess is a better way to put it, of Bantam and Midget in Edmonton minor hockey. You uh, want to chime in on that? Uh, anything you heard from Jared, you can text 63630, phone 780-496-0063. We'll also discuss it with Tom Gazzola from Oilers TV, who's standing by in studio. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Hey, what's this? Oh, Zeppelin. By request. Zeppelin trampled huh? underfoot. That's a shout out to my Uncle Diego and my dad, Reno. Uh, we did a little boys trip down to Phoenix. We drove and uh, that became our jam the whole way down. So kind of. Uh, it was a reawakening to Zeppelin for me, and those guys loved it. So uh, those are to the boys, uh, Diego and Reno. I hope you're listening, and uh, that song's for you. I hope they're listening, too. That Good would tune. Du- double our average listenership. My <laughs> name is Reed Wilkins. The other voice is Tom Gazzola. He's a reporter for Oilers TV as we get set for uh, the new season. It's coming uh, quick, man. Yeah, it's coming quick. Well, I mean, you well, what was the highest? You played till Junior B, right? Yeah, I, I, I had a week with the Lloyd Minster. Uh, oh, right. Uh, what were they at the time? The Blazers. I think they were still the Blazers yeah, when you were out there. Yeah, and then um, came back home. I remember my dad saying, why don't, why don't, why don't you want to stick around in, in Lloyd Minster? I was like, Dad, I don't think I really want to. And uh, a week later, he said there was an offer from the Melfort Mustangs. Oh, that's what he said. So I said, Dad, I didn't want to go to Lloyd. Why do you think I want to go to Melfort? And I said, I want to play with my buddies. So I played four years in the jungle with the Edmonton Red Wings, best four years of my life. Uh, we had really good teams, and, uh, yeah, no regrets there. Oh, no. hey, you were in Lloyd when I was there, Yeah, but I, I believe. Didn't, I didn't meet you. I didn't interview no. you as a hot prospect at Oh, I wasn't. Trust me. <laughs> I was the kid that they're like, who is this guy? Maybe he's okay. Why does he keep scoring in, in scrimmages? And... Uh, uh, you might remember this story better, and I remember them calling me about a week or two after I had come back to Edmonton and saying, you know, we, some things happened with our team. Turns out they were in a bar fight, uh, and they had to trade a bunch of guys, and they needed guys to come yeah, back. Yeah, well, that happened a couple times when I was there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I ended up Lloyd in Lloyd doing uh, news, not sports, but news yeah, uh, a few yeah. years after that. So it all came full circle and actually turned out to be a great town and enjoyed my two years there, so... Yeah, I know. I know there was one time there was an off-ice incident. I think they might have traded one guy and suspended a few for a few games. But, well, uh, and I ended up sometimes guy, that happens. The guy that was the captain of that team, uh, Darren Boyd. I don't oh know yeah, if you remember, remember Boyd? Yeah. I actually ended up playing slow pitch with and became very good friends with him. So, 
uh, again, Lloyd came back, and uh, my life has uh, crossed paths with Lloyd Minster many times, and proud of it. Uh, when you were coming up through minor hockey, what was uh, was there body checking? What for bantam and midget with you? Pee wee. It was uh, Pee wee was the big the first year of Pee wees when you knew you had to man up, kind of so to speak. And uh, you learned lessons the hard way, and that was by getting hit. And um, uh, good for Jared for standing up for this because I don't really agree with the ban. And I mean, my, whether or not my opinion matters really, it. it it doesn't, but having gone through that system, when they removed checking from Pee Wee, I was blown away. And then to hear that they went a step further and uh, only the, the double A's and triple A's in Bantam are going to be allowed to check kind of flabbergasted me even more because the best way to learn who could play and who couldn't was around the Pee Wee level. And it was the guys that knew how to adapt to getting hit. And once you got your bell rung once or twice, uh, you either figured it out or you dropped like a fly in, in the rankings uh, when you're trying to make teams. So I remember getting just absolutely demolished when I was 11 years old trying out for peewee teams. <laughs> I, like, Reed, I got crushed. I Wind knocked out of me, you know, bell rung, and you don't like hearing that, that type of thing, and you don't want kids getting hurt. But uh, I got up, and I was fine, and I think 90% of my peers were the same way at that age and that's how they learned to not put themselves into vulnerable positions and uh and then once they figured that out they adapted and they let their skill take over and they became very good players so uh the point of checking in hockey is to separate the opposing player from the puck not to kill guys mm -hmm. and i haven't watched a lot of minor hockey over the last 10 to 15 years uh, and if guys are going out there headhunting and that's what the problem is and that's why they felt that they needed to uh, take out checking in Pee Wee and Bantam, then, I mean, I think that's a severe way of doing it, but um, you don't want kids getting hurt, especially considering, uh, what is it, 1% of guys make it to pro ranks. So, um, Rich, uh, Rich has tweeted me. He says, concussions at important developmental ages is a completely unnecessary risk. Yeah. Clean or dirty hits will always affect the brain. It's an interesting topic. It's sort of along the lines of when you talk about the role of fighting yeah. in hockey, and that's you know more of an NHL thing, I suppose, But um, though the seeds, I guess, could be planted. But, yeah. uh, you know, because there's always the thinking, well, this is the way hockey was meant to be. Yeah, but then there are, you know, Rich makes makes a point. Is is are even if there is a small percentage of of kids getting concussions or getting hurt, is that is that is that too much? Right. I mean, there's one guy I can think of growing up playing with. It was our f second year of Peewee. Uh, it doesn't matter how big you are. He was a smaller guy on our team, but he was fearless. And I remember he went into the corner. Maybe it was our first year of Bantam, actually. And. Uh, we were in a tournament somewhere. I think maybe it was in Barhead or something like that. And he absolutely got leveled. He was a smaller defenseman, put himself into a vulnerable position, and he got absolutely crushed. It was a bad hit. It was near. It was about two feet from the boards. It was one of those scary hits that you see on TV from time to time that mm -hmm. you cringe at. Uh, and he had bleeding in his in his skull, like oh, in, his, in his brain. And that was the end of his his hockey career. And that was the one time in my 15 years of, of playing hockey from the time I was five to the time I was 21 where a guy severely got injured um, from a hit. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, there, there's no way to eliminate the risk. No. Uh, I mean, even in sports where there, there isn't uh, the physical contact, there's, there's always that. Uh, always. That. It, it's interesting to see uh, Jared's petition, how much steam 
at games. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly he's he realizes this year that the changes. I mean, very very mature young man. Obviously, very organized. And it takes a lot. Again, to, he's, to he's, stand not, he's up not like sitting. That. He's not sitting around on his couch. And or, you know, or texting his no. friends about how awful this is. He's actually trying to to do something about it. So good for him. And he's a ref too, and he sees both that, that's, aspects that's of it. Yeah, perspective too. And, and he, you know what? He did a good job of articulating that. So uh, good on Jared. And you know, as long as kids aren't getting hurt. But uh, I just remember if you learned how to play clean and you were smart and you didn't. I guess, into but again, spots. I mean, when we're, I'm being devil's advocate. Yeah, you can't. Here. This is an argument. And, no and, one and, wins. And, and, some, and, and teenage boys, in particular, that's often the most difficult age group to say, like, "Hey, calm down." Right? Like, well, they don't. You know, I mean, I remember. Dion but I can remember playing hockey when I was that age and doing things. I was like, "Why did I?" I was trying to hurt kids a couple times. Well, I remember. Was just stupid. Well, yeah, you get angry and and you want to make a, uh, a statement. I remember in Bantam, I played against Sean Bell, Dion Phaneuf, those guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Bell was with KC. Uh, Phaneuf was on a really good uh, South Southside team, and he was probably six foot two. Like the guy was a monster, and uh, I remember him just crushing me so many times. And I'm, I was like, I can't. It's like hitting a brick wall, this guy. And it, it's sometimes unfair because kids grow at different spurts. And yeah. It's I don't. It's a tough. That's a tough debate. That's a really tough debate. Jared Sokol is the uh, young man's name. So we'll see what happens with his petition. Uh, uh, just started it on Sunday. He's up to 124 people on the online petition. Tell you what, uh, Tom Gazzola is sticking around in studio. We'll talk a little Oilers, talk a little Eskimos, talk a little Rogers Place. You can always text in to 6:30, 6:30 as well. Inside Sports on 6:30, Chad. We are back after the 8:30 news. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Nugent Hopkins will be playing for Team North America at the upcoming World Cup of Hockey. We will have live games from that tournament broadcast right here on 630 Chad. Another Tom Gazzola request song there. Arkells, Come to Light. There you go. You're Thank just... you, Matty Panasic, by the way. Matthew Panasic, S- working hard. Spinning the beats. In the studio, you find out all this vinyl to play for you. No, this is fresh stuff, except for that Zeppelin stuff. No, no, he, Matthew has everything on vinyl. He likes the sound, doesn't he? <laughs> I do have to stoop through all those boxes to find that, man. Uh, I had <laughs> Shamad Chambers from the Riders on the show last week, and he says he's big into vinyl. Is and he? I, and I said he's 27, Yeah. so I'm 42, so I'm pretty much you know a generation ahead of him. And everybody in my generation had, vinyl. had tapes and then CDs. Yeah. And then when we had CDs, we were like this is great. Now I just select what song I go to. I can program in which ones. Yeah. Uh, and now he's like, "You know, I like vinyl so you can listen to the whole album." And my generation was like, "Well, we like CDs cuz we could just skip to our favorite songs." Oh, I mean, iTunes and whatever media player you have now can if Shamad wanted to listen to uh give me a great album. Uh, uh, the white, the white album. album. Yeah, there we go. Through and through. He could I just didn't set want it to up. Use hysteria. Well, yeah, <laughs> you would. You and Def Leppard, man. But uh, no, but it's cool. It's a throwback thing. It's starting to to make a comeback. And I'm not of the uh, the vinyl era uh, as a mid '80s child, but um, I remember tape like cassettes. 
Yeah. I, my first ever cassette was Our Lady Peace Clumsy. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I remember those were a pain in the butt. Fast forward and rewind and, like, trying to record. I remember trying to record off. Remember Power 92? Yeah. I remember trying to report, like, record uh, the the Hot 10 at 10 or whatever because they had some of my favorite songs, and I just I would mess it up every time. Well, I used to record songs off 630 Ched in, like, the early oh, 80s see, when I, Ched played rock. I didn't pop, know they did pop. until Stoffer told me. Yeah. I have on my, uh, hanging on my uh, work area, I have a cutout of the Edmonton Journal, the top 100 songs of 1983. Wow. And Chet, and then on uh, New how Year's many Eve, of those Chet are Leopard? Def uh, I don't think any of them were. Yeah. You know what Bob's Stoffer has? <laughs> he probably has three mixed CDs of all 80s music. Nice. I just want because I, I, I know Bob's it. probably listening to it. Yeah, I just want to get a shot in. Hey, Bob. That's incredible. Tom Guzzola from Oilers TV joining us. Uh, if, you were, if you're texting in, uh, and if you miss the newscast, uh, is is Mark out there? Mark, can you just because uh, I think some people are missing it. There, there's a there's a what's going on with all the smoke in the northeast? Yeah, Reed, we've got a, a fire burning in the Northeast Edmonton Waste Management Plant. Uh, a call came in at about uh, quarter to noon, and firefighters have been battling it ever since. Uh, looks like the area is about two Olympic swimming pools side by side in an area, of course, much, much deeper, about 20 meters deep, this pile of wood is. And it's a mix of uh, composite wood, painted wood, and uh, probably underneath the, the, the earth, underneath the dump site, some, some rotting wood. Okay. Uh, so they're using using a lot of heavy equipment to try and expose that and get water on it. And I understand uh, that they're using a relay pumping system, Reed, to try and uh, and increase the water pressure out on the fringe of the city there. Okay, thanks, Mark. I just wanted to bring in, because it's been going on a while, but people still texting in about it. So that is what is going on there, and Mark will keep you updated uh, on the 9 o'clock news as well. Tom Gazzola in uh, in studio, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Have you, uh, when was the last time you were in Rogers Place? I was there last Monday, um, not this past monday but uh last week and uh it's phenomenal i couldn't believe it. i hadn't been in there since we did the tour in in the end of may i believe it was okay i would i was in about three weeks ago so yeah oh oh hey all right yeah i uh, just snuck in no i didn't <laughs> don't try to sneak into the building but uh it's incredible inside there i know they're just the crews are finishing up and getting ready for the september 10th and they're getting ready to hand the, the keys over to uh, oeg and everyone at oeg is very excited to get in there um, but were there still uh, a lot of workers in there when you were in there last week? There was, but it was it didn't. From what I saw, I'm not a construction expert, but from what I saw, everything was in place. Signage is in place. The bathrooms are all set up. The guys were painting railings and doors, is what I noticed, and hanging TVs and all that a lot of sort of thing. Finishing stuff going on. Finishing stuff, yeah, for like carpets laid. And there will in be and all that some stuff. little things going on after it's it's open. But I'm I mean, sure it's going to be fan ready, obviously. I know 100. percent It's not going to be like the opening of Northlands Coliseum where they were bolting in seats as people <laughs> right. were walking in for that game on November 10th, 1974 against Cleveland. <laughs> That's not going to be the case whatsoever. Uh, the seats are all in. It, it's it's phenomenal and it's really exciting and uh, I think the city's in for a, a great surprise when they when they finally get to get in there and see the building themselves. Well, your I mean, I don't want to get too uh, in in insidey, but yeah. I mean, people watch what you do on on the website. Yeah. So I mean, the, the thank you. The Oilers. Uh, I don't know if it's been every year, but there have been a lot of years where the Oilers website is the most visited website in Alberta. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So are 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 is your uh, will your production facilities be changing or will you be a little more modern or streamlined anything like that? Yeah, well, I mean, 
uh, where the oil drum was at Rexall Place, or what was it, the the Terry Peranich Broadcast Center at Rexall Place right. last year? Uh, and you would always pop into uh, Oilers TV HQ, as we like to call it, I which would, was, yeah. I, I mean, was at one time it was a, <laughs> it was a broom closet that uh, my my uh, our director uh, Mark Siampa turned into a, a small production facility. It was about 110 square feet, uh, and we squeezed about eight people in there and made tiny little workstations. So we're moving into a really nice facility with uh, a studio, and we've got some plans for that to, to utilize it. And of course, we want to highlight parts of the arena and the ford hall uh to showcase that in our videos and um the options really are, are limitless right now and it's exciting and we actually have a much bigger workspace than the uh, the tiny broom closet which we made the most out of um but <laughs> our times uh for oilers tv uh are going to be much better in this new building so and, and will there cool not things. be a uh a, um a control room type space that will be visible from 104th avenue where fans can walk right along yeah. the street and see into, uh, I don't know if it's, where, it's where like, you will be, but there will be monitors and people working it. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be our space. It might be our space, but I've heard that element as well, and I don't know if it's the uh, uh, the Hall of Fame type thing, like the Oilers type museum, because a lot of these new facilities have museums for the teams, and they're phenomenal, and I think our our people have planned something like that, and I think it might also double as a, press facility please don't quote me on that because i don't know the final details but it's something cool and a little bit interactive where where fans that are you know going in or coming out of the building will be able to kind of peek and see what's going on Mm -hmm. with uh uh, media and and press and uh there's so many bells and whistles on this building they're not kidding when they say that uh, it's going to have it all and it's going to be the top uh, arena facility in north america i've been to every rink in the league read Mm -hmm. and and what i saw last monday i I was blown away, and I know I'm an Oilers employee, but it's it's a fantastic building, and I think it's gonna make people of this city very proud uh, when they when they see it. Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Lumley fan texting into six thirty six thirty. He says, "I have uh, Rod Phillips calling the Cup winning games in eighty four and eighty five, the whole game on cassette." back when the games were broadcast on CFRN 1260 radio. Uh, that's classic. Lumley fan's great. He's, that's he's got, I, think, I believe Lumley fan, and he'll text in if I'm wrong, I believe he has like a massive hockey hard collection too. Huge nice. Oilers fan. Nice. Yeah. Th- it isn't Dave Lumley. Himself. It's not actually Dave Lumley. No, <laughs> it's, it's not a, it's Lumley. A, it's, I've, I've met Lumley fan. And I, actually, I don't even know what his real name is, but he, he goes by, I, I, he told me I think once when I met him, but he, he goes, his handle is lovely fan. fan. I like it. When he uh, when he texts into the show. Tom Gazzola from Oilers TV in studio. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. So uh, we have the Penticton Tournament coming up. You're going to be going to that. So, yep. yes, he... I, I mean, it's probably never... The Oilers hype is never going to match McDavid being there no. last year, though he wound up only playing one game. Uh, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Pugliarvi does in that tournament. And then he's back in, uh, against the Golden Bears and in a training camp. Uh, that Golden Bears game, by the way, is going to be phenomenal. Uh, every year we've uh, covered it, it's been great. Um, yeah, and you know what? He should be healthy. All the talk about him not skating at uh, rookie camp in Jasper, kind of resting up that knee that was bothering him. Uh, hopefully he's good to go for uh, Penticton. I know a lot of people want to see how he does, uh, having played in the Finnish Elite League and gone through the year that he did and how he adapts to the NHL and it was interesting listening to you and Bob talk about line combinations and how 
yes, he doesn't dust off the puck when he shoots. He kind of just fires it, and that's an element the Oilers haven't really had in their lineup from a right-shot guy in a while. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what the pressure is going to be like on him either because there's so many other bonafide young stars on this team that maybe it insulates him a little bit more than guys have been in the past. And uh, I, I don't know what uh, realistic predictions are for, for his uh progress this year is he a 30 point guy would that be considered a success I mean, I, you know, honestly you know? i may, may maybe i'm gonna shoot low keep expectations mm-hmm. low i mean i think if he got to 35 points that'd, that'd be a fine season i mean what's the second line guy now these days if, if if you got a 50 point second line guy that's respectable the way scoring's gone mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean i think he'll be a middle six forward yeah second third line and then he's got to adapt to the smaller rinks yeah bigger guys Tom Gazzola is in studio from Oilers uh, TV. We'll talk a little more Oilers, talk a little uh, Eskimos as, as yeah. well as they get set for Labor Day. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chet. What are you pointing at? Me? You. You like that song? Another by request? Yeah. Uh, am I the only one that does this, by the way? Uh, yes, you are, actually. <laughs> is that weird? <laughs> no other guest is pretentious enough. Hey, I'm coming on, Reed, but I want my own music. Well, I'm pretentious enough because all the rest of the songs are, some, are songs I like. They're going to be Def Leppard songs. Once again, some Def Leppard from Pyromania. That was Hoxley Workman. Make up your mind tonight. Uh, had a nice little Twitter chat with Hoxley today. Oh, good. What about? He's in Nashville. He's in Nashville. And I said, hey, honky-tonk, man. Great town. Have fun. And he responded. And you know what? Like, Have you my... met him? I've met him. I've. Did he remember you? No. Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great artist, probably my favorite artist. He's in the bound, band Mounties, too, if uh, people are indie oh, yeah, music like, fans yeah. out there. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those guys. Steve Bays from Hot Hot Heat and Ryan Dahl from uh, Age of Electric and Limb Lifter, I believe, or the other two. Here's a here's a random question for you since we're talking about music. Shoot. and, yeah, and sl- oh, By the way, Lumley fan says it's hockey jerseys he collects. My apologies, Lumley fan. Oh, nice. I thought he had hockey cards, too. Maybe not. Um, who do you th- who do you think is uh, the most prominent celebrity Oilers fan? I mean, we've uh, talked to uh, Jonathan Torrance has been on this show. Yeah, You're great guy. Taggart and Torrance hat. Yeah, thank you, John. Eric, actor for that Eric Johnson. I was going to say Eric, uh, but maybe I don't think it's Kevin Smith. Like Kevin Smith um, was a was on the bandwagon for a while. And yeah, now does he really like he yeah. does? Like I think he likes the Devils too, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's from New Jersey, and and was it? Uh, Clerks, they had like a lot of Jersey references. And yeah, he did Clerks. That was his big breakup. Yeah, um, there's a few. Uh, was it Darren from um, System of a Down? Is a big Oilers fan. Oh, really? I remember meeting him a few years ago, and uh, yeah, he was infatuated with Wayne Gretzky. And, and when Gretzky got traded to LA, uh, Darren lives in Orange County, I believe. We met him in Anaheim, and uh, yeah, he's got like a shrine to the to Gretzky and the Oilers and. Oh God! You put me on the spot, Reed. But I think, yeah, I didn't think we were going to talk about this. I just make things up as I go. Here. It's uh, it's interesting. I don't have an answer myself. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you find out that there are a lot of Oilers fans out there that are celebrities or uh, musicians and stuff. It's kind of cool. 
But those those are the ones that come to mind because they're the ones that kind of interact with like you or me and right. and like to chime in and stuff. And, I, and I'm sure there's other fans out there listening right now that probably know like, oh, well, how are you forgetting this guy? Like, I don't know if yeah, like maybe Ann, guys... maybe Anne Murray's a big Oilers <laughs> fan. I don't know. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she is. Isn't she from the East Canada's, Coast? Maybe Canada Songbird is a big, uh, big Oilers fan. Nah, I don't know. I, I haven't heard that before. Hey? But what about um... maybe Abba loves the Oilers? <laughs> hey, Bjorn and Anna. And... <sighs> what about Alan Alda? I, I Alan... heard the guys in. <laughs> In the eighties, the guys in the eighties went to the set of Mash. I know that Rod Phillips, Jamie Farr, Jamie Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr, I think used to do shows at uh, Mayf- when it was called Stage West. Yeah, yeah really. Theater. Yeah, I think he was here was a few he times. Clinger? He was, was uh, yeah, the cross-dressing guy. Was that Klinger? I think I think so. I can't remember. Oh, I, was pretty I used to watch that right, show. Going. What's you're, that? You're right, Klinger. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jamie Farr played. <laughs> uh, who is the the guy that was really good friends with Gretzky in, in the up. 80s? And uh, his son had that big song a couple years ago. Oh, Alan Thicke. Alan Thicke. Oh, Alan I mean, Thicke, yeah. He Alan Thicke emceed Gretzky's wedding. Yeah. Like, they were they were really, really good friends. So, I mean, yeah, Alan Thicke's not as prominent as he used to be. When... Alan Thicke had a Canadian... I think it was a daytime talk show. And then I think he got a primetime or late-night talk show. I'll always remember when I was a kid... One of my favorite jokes was an Alan Thicke joke. Was it a good joke? Well, I, I'll tell it. Okay, I can say it. Enlighten us. So this uh, this uh, senior citizen goes to the doctor and says, uh, the doctor says, well, what's the problem? And the old guy says, doc, I can't pee. And the doctor says, well, how old are you? And the elderly gentleman says, I'm 80. And the doctor says, you've peed enough. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> that, was my, that was my favorite oh. joke as a, as, a, as a child. While you told that uh, great joke, I thought of a couple guys. Uh, Snoop Dogg's been seen in an Oilers uniform. 50 Cent has been seen in an Oilers hat. Not not when he's in town. And uh, Kobe Bryant uh, well, wore he would Gretzky wear jerseys. His, yeah, he'd wear, during the finals when he, he wore the jerseys of great players in other sports. And and they, the, the Oilers trainers and uh, medical staff met Kobe... Uh, last year at the Staples Center when the Oilers were in town towards the end of the season when Kobe was wrapping up his career. So that's kind of tied in. Uh, frustrated fan texting, and he says, what about Kevin Smith, the movie actor? Yes, frustrated fan. We were talking about him. Uh, we think he's a Jersey guy now. Jamie, uh, Jamie Farr? Is he? 82 years of age. Maxwell Q. Klinger. Yeah. The name of the character. Yeah, I remember watching MASH with my dad. And I, why is that guy wearing a dress? He wants to get out of the army. I'm like, well, why? It's comfortable. He's got to help his buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you ever tried one? No, but seriously. No, I can't think of the <laughs> time where I have. You can text 630, 630. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cool sometimes uh, doing jobs like this when you get to interview uh, other people. I mean, mm-hmm. Do you remember last year, Chris Colabello from the Blue Jays was just at an Oilers yes. game. Yep. Got to talk to him. Now he had the... Suspension yeah, this year didn't go very for the, well for the PEDs, but uh, that that was uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like I don't know if it. Uh, what's the matter? My mom just texted me. She said, Uh-oh. "What about Bieber? Is Bieber an Oilers fan? I don't think so, but he came onto the media bus yeah, this I think year he just on wanted, the airport. I think he just wanted to meet hockey the, the fans. team. So what happened or was meet hockey players. It was like two a.m. We got in from Phoenix. There's a a private jet pulling up at at the airport, and we're like, "Who's that?" And you know, everyone's groggy and they're ready to go 
go to bed basically so the everybody loads up and uh the team bus goes ahead of the media bus and then there's this guy standing in a hoodie and these obnoxious orange and blue shorts down to his ankles that were extremely <laughs> baggy and he had two big security guys behind him and as the buses started to slowly roll away he approaches the the bus behind and that was us and uh we're like wow this guy's got some some cojones like just walking up to a bus like that and and so jj bear the oilers prayer guy stopped the bus and he goes i think that's bieber and this guy walks up the bus driver opens the door this guy steps on he goes i just want to wish the team good luck <laughs> and JJ's like, yeah, Biebs, hey, I'm JJ, come on, I'll come with you. And as soon as JJ shook his hand and said, I'll take you to the team bus, uh, the customs guys grabbed Bieber, pulled him back, and just said, you haven't cleared yet, in the sternest voice, took him back to the plane because he had just come uh, from, uh, I think it was England, so he hadn't cleared customs, and that was a big no-no, having uh, physical right. contact with another person without clearing. So, well, because he could have been transporting snails or one of the frequent... Yeah, like some kind answer. of exotic frog. <laughs> yes, I touched a cow when I was in the United States. Uh, somebody, somebody texted in, didn't Bieber get arrested trying to get on the Oilers' bus? No, Tom's not no, get arrested. He, didn't. I, he, got, I, he, got, he got his wrist slapped, shall we say. He was uh, sternly warned not to uh, have any more physical interaction with anyone until he cleared customs and yeah he stepped on our bus i just remember this this angelic voice if you will going, i just want to wish the guys good luck i'm like that is bieber wow i guess that's cool whatever uh what do you got frustrated fans says alan thick was just on celebrity family feud and he used justin trudeau as a famous justin and Harvey gave him a weird look, and Alan says, that's the Canadian Prime Minister. Big ups. I, hey. Steve Trudeau's Harvey making hosts, waves. Uh, Steve, Steve Harvey's the Family Feud host. Yeah. What's, um... Oh, I can't remember. Remember Mr. Wick from Drew Carey Show? What's his name now? Oh, Craig Ferguson. I... What's he doing now? He's not doing Family Feud? Well, that Feud? talk show was incredible. Yeah, he was very good. Some people didn't get his uh, his humor, though. Because he was on the Drew Carey Show? He was Mr. Wick. He was the boss. Oh, right. He would fire right, Johnson right, every right, episode. Right, right. Johnson, you're fired. Uh, 8.55, Inside Sports on 6.30. Chad, Tom goes all in studio from Oilers TV. Uh, you're a huge Edmonton Eskimos fan. We will be able to attend the Labor Day rematch this year. It's Are you the going? Well, of course. It's the weekend before the yes. Penn State. I'm not going to the Labor Day game. Oh. Uh, I got a full edition of Inside Sports Labor Day Monday. No holiday for Wilkie. Well, but then we get to attend the Labor Day rematch because yep. Penticton tournament is Push the week... week. Uh, the week after, uh, what, what, what was your, what are your thoughts on that uh, win over the Riders? I mean, Ooh. did you ever think the Riders were going to catch all the way up? Or? No, I mean, you know what? Uh, for a, a bit there, I was getting shades of uh, and flashbacks to the Hamilton game, but the Riders are nowhere near the team Hamilton is, uh, as we all know. But I mean, y- you knew that they were going to play way better than they did against Hamilton the week before. You knew that with their entire coaching staff having been in Edmonton from the last couple of years, that those guys would, would give it a little bit more than they did against the Ticats. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess ideally as a fan, you'd want to see the Eskimos keep the pedal to the metal. And, and was it, uh, I think, you know, they could have maybe, you know, put a couple more daggers in the in the hearts of the Riders that game, and it wouldn't have been as close. But um, it looks like the defense is starting to come around. And uh, these two games coming up, Reed, uh, I hope... If the Eskimos win one of two of them, I th- I think, in my opinion, will be good. Ideally, the one in Calgary, because that's the place to win. 
and, and maybe uh, instill that confidence that you can actually beat the Stampeders at McMahon Stadium. And the Eskies haven't done that, nor has the rest of the league uh, for a while. And especially if the West Final ends up being in Calgary, yeah. uh, you might want to, you know, have those uh, conjure up those good memories of potentially winning in that in that building um, on Labor Day. Because uh, I like what the Eskies did last year around this time of year uh, when Mike Riley came in in the second half of that Labor Day game, and then and then started the next week. After that, yeah, yeah, it was phenomenal. But I think if they can win this one, that'll do a ton for their confidence and just that mental edge, knowing you could beat that team in that building should uh the key game in the west be there come uh, late october early november this texture says hawksley and arkells gazola has top-notch music let him pick tunes every time he's on well oh. we can do that all right thank you see i, I really you're like adding that. a lot to the show thank god because it needs a lot to be added to. <laughs> not true redrick <laughs> redrick you it's got funny. this my buddy. uncle used to call me that that's hilarious that's a great name Tom, thanks for coming in tonight, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. It's Tom Gazzola from Oilers TV. You also heard from 15-year-old Jared Sokol. He's uh, petitioning Edmonton Minor Hockey to bring back uh, body checking. Bob Stoffer from Oilers Now was on the show. Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Good Network. Good guy. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice of the Eskimos here on 630 Chad. You also heard from Eskimos General Manager Ed Hervey. You can get all those comments by going to the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. Of course, the Labor Day Classic on this station on Monday, 11.30 a.m. pregame show. The kickoff will be at 1. Kevin Carius will join me in studio tomorrow. We'll also hear from Karen Lasuk back from refing women's basketball in the Olympics. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell, the studio producer, the one and only Matthew Panashek. Thanks to everybody who called and texted tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Talk to you tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.